What's up, Beef Talks fans? I've been excited all week for our episode 5. We've got co-host Drew on. we got our best uh, co-host Derek. And we've been excited to talk about his cheese. Shut up, bro. Yo, they were so bad. They were amazing. Well, we're going to roll the tape right now. How about them Chiefs, guys? What were the what were the reasons between the Chiefs' failure during the Bills game? The Bills cheated. Yo, the Bills did not the cheat. The Bills cheated. I'm sorry. You cheated. I'm sorry. So I saw there was a delay. That was the Bills cheating so their team could rest and and, and poison the Chiefs' O-line so they wouldn't be able to block Derek, the patty. Derek, you realize that the Bills... Were really good just overall in the game. Yet the Bills actually slowed down in the second half. So don't tell me that the Bills were the ones poisoning the Chiefs. Uh-uh. I'm starting to think you're the Tucker Carlson podcast. He is, bro. I'm starting, to think, I'm starting to think you're on both part of the Bills cheating. Let me tell you what happened. The Bills paid some of the Chiefs players to make them lose that game. The you mean like Tyreek and uh, Kelsey? Yeah, and Clyde Edwards. You mean the only two good players on your team? Besides Mahomes? Mahomes, (laughs) you know what? Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a top 10 running back in the league. I don't care. All right, bud. <laughs> well, we got an ignorant well, Chiefs fan here. We've got we got an ignorant Chiefs fan well, here. We got him top ten. Where you got Clyde? Where you got where you got Alera? Top fifteen. Top fifteen. Move him up five spots. <laughs> All right, bud. So the reasons for the Chiefs' failure during the game was absolutely related to their defense. The defense was so exposed last night, especially through deep threats I think by Josh the Allen. Bills paid the defense to take the fall. <laughs> Basically, it was rigged. Chiefs. Are winning the Super Bowl. Sound a lot like Trump right now. Chiefs are winning. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, so Yo, I'm making up conspiracies. I, I remember a certain someone saying the same thing about the 2020 election about being rigged. <laughs> That's what they didn't find evidence about that. Yo, he's growing up. He's growing up now. <laughs> Yo, getting he's scared. Up. <laughs> you know, he's, he's hiding like Max Kellerman did when he got exposed for saying Kawhi's gonna win the MVP. <laughs> just wait till the Chiefs. Uh, Y'all were hyping up all week. Saying that the Chiefs are gonna win by many points, and then you gotta hide in your turtle shell now. <laughs> what do you gotta say about that? Fuck the Bills. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I like the, kind the, the Chiefs are two and three now. You know what? I'm gonna two and three these nuts in your mouth. <laughs> Which two? <laughs> yeah, what? I'm gonna use Drew as a third. <laughs> okay, let's. Let's take a chill pill. Here. No, no, no. No chill pills will be taken here. Fuck the bills. Alright, alright, that's fair. Uh, why is Patrick Mahomes' game faltered recently? His game's not faltering. It's the team. Patrick Mahomes is still playing. Well, but Mahomes' decision making, though, hasn't been the same. He's thrown two interceptions yesterday. That's not his fault. Mahomes is still playing the same high level football he's been playing his entire career. It has nothing to do with him. He's throwing dots. If you throwing throw dots the other the, team. You can, <laughs> how many rings do you have? <laughs> you can throw as many dots as you want, but if your receivers aren't catching them, if your O-line isn't giving you time, it's going to look like you're playing bad. It's, he's playing high-level football. Yo, when you don't have the best offensive line in the league, you get exposed a little. We have one of the worst offenses. Yeah, exactly. I'm saying that in the years past, you have had one of the best lines. Yeah, of course you need a good offensive line to win football games. Are you saying that the the Bills have a bad O-line? It's mediocre. Yeah, but it's better than the Chiefs. That's all I have to say. It's 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 a mediocre line that actually works. But 
good lines win football games. You're you're not wrong there. Uh, so I, I think I'm little, your, gonna do a little interjection here because Derek won't stop going off about how much the Chiefs uh, are so, so good and pretty, and then how the, the Bills how, and how the Bills are cheating. Is the goat. So, uh, but I have to say, I might I actually can't believe this, but I agree with Derek here. So the the thing is with the Traitor. Chiefs is that the Chiefs <laughs> the were kind of doomed. To be from at the beginning because like of their how bad their offensive line is it's not exactly Mahomes' fault entirely. Look, no, we, we, still, we still got the we still have to focus on the fact that he has the best QBR in the league. That's true. He is been great best this passer year. rating now. His and, passer rating went down. Okay, so okay, you get the point, but he is like one of the top in the league. So it's, like Mahomes. It's everybody else but Mahomes' fault. But yeah, he, I mean, he's had the third most interceptions in the league. I mean, you also have, no to, look, you also have to look at the fact. Decision-making is always a, is a factor. That, I mean, you have to saw, look at the fact that the Bills were playing lockdown defense on Kelsey and Hill. Mm-hmm. They were making mm-hmm. penalties forcefully. They did it very much intentionally just so they couldn't catch the ball. And you know what? It worked. It worked. Because we so all saw how bad the Chiefs' the offense Bills was. Well, here's the thing. The, what was more effective about the Bills game this time than rather than in the championship game is that the Bills were actually able to initiate pressure, which they weren't able to do last time. And Greg Russo has been a big part of that. Boogie Basham has been a big part of that. And I think that even our cornerbacks play has improved. But it's definitely concerning to see Levi Wallace getting injured. So I, I want to keep tabs on that. Uh, opinion. Uh, is, Jen, is Jamar Chase a superstar already? What's your no. take on that? Look... Undoubtedly, he's a great receiver. But we have not seen enough of him yet, seeing the fact that he's we're only five weeks into the season. That's true. Maybe by the end of the season, maybe by the end of two, we'll be able to see with definitively how good he stacks up against greater competition and against better defenses about how well he plays. It's just, there's so many factors that go into it, but that we haven't seen yet. Considering the fact we're only five weeks into the season, and you can't just say definitively yet. All right, Derek, what, what, what do you got on this? The truth's so hot, bro. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I have to agree with Drew. It's way too early in the season. Especially since he's a rookie, too. You have to see how he squares up with better competition. He could easily... That's fair, but he had pretty good competition last night in Eric Stokes. He had Stokes. pretty good competition last night. Should have beef. Anyway... <laughs> You, you could you could do terrible in game that could rock his confidence and then all of a sudden he's playing bad and you're calling him a bust. I just think it's too early. Well, I think the media made the mistake actually early on in preseason they were calling him a bust. But then things changed. He obviously made it a, the necessary adjustments that he needed to do. But Jamar Chase is sixth in passing yards, uh, in receiving yards so far. So and he's also one of the top in receiving yards per touch. Uh, honestly, I think Jamar Chase will be. A top 10 receiver in two years. I, I'm really liking his potential. And honestly, from what I saw last night against uh, the Packers, he was actually able to take over a game the way I haven't seen from a rookie in a long time. Being able to take over a game, get these necessary catches that are crucial to winning a game, is something I saw from Stefan Diggs actually last year. And I think he's starting to take that. That's why the Bengals offense is taking that next step. Uh, T. Higginson becoming maybe a second receiver, not the first receiver. So I think that really is major to their confidence overall. The line has improved, though, around Burrow, obviously also helping out. I'm the best kicker on the Packers team, just saying. 
Honestly, That's be. a topic for later on in the debate. I'm the best kicker. You might, on the be. You might be the best kicker on the ba- on the Bengals too. I am the best. I mean, kicker on the- how bad Mason Crosby did? I could have gone out there. I mean, honestly, honestly, if like Zoe when start kicking like for the Packers, he probably would have had a better result. We could have we could have taken Nan U.S. kicker and he would have won the game. It was so fast. All right, so leading up to our next question. Uh, which rookie QB has impressed you most up until this point? It's kind of unfair at the same they time. They all but suck. Except Mac Jones is the... I can't believe I'm saying he's the best one. I mean, but you can't really say definitively. Because, first of all, like, again, we're five weeks in, but also, like, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, like, are, it's so unfair for them. Because they are on the most pitiful teams I have ever seen. I feel like this, like... Class of rookies, like their their talent is amazing. But I feel like they all got dropped onto t- teams in just like terrible situations. Agreed, except for Mac Jones, actually. Because if you Mac Jones got put in a good situation, if you watch Zach Wilson's games, he's making good reads, yeah. and either he doesn't have the arm strength to complete the pass, or the receiver doesn't. It's not have the arm the strength. <laughs> His arm strength is one of the highest in the NFL. Yeah, I don't debate that. I have, I have, have you watched his BYU highlights? I have some plays in the NFL to say otherwise. No, just it's decision making. Anyway, <laughs> shut up. Because <laughs> <laughs> Zach Wilson's making great reads, and I and I feel like it's just his receivers don't know how to position themselves to catch the ball. That might be true. He doesn't have en- enough good receivers. There's not any. And Elijah Moore has not made a difference that one would expect after well, he the had second just round. Come play. back from like a concussion. Okay, but he has, like, he has, under he has, 50 yards for the entire year. Yes, but he has to also work in, like, the chemistry with Zach Wilson. You have to give him a little bit of time. No, that's true. Chemistry is a big thing. Well, the thing is, the, the Jets have been refusing chemistry. Like, look, look at this. Denzel Mims was just selected in the second round last year. He's supposed to be a great talent. And then things never really worked out. He's already fallen down their, their list because they haven't been able to develop receivers. This is a repeating theme that we've seen with the Jets. one of the biggest things, though. Chemistry is huge. Agreed. Especially between a, a QB and a wide receiver. Because say you're a wide receiver and you're out there and there's a situation that develops in the field, your QB has to be able to know what you're going to do in that situation and know where to place the ball. To clarify, though, who is your QB that you think has been the best? Uh... I hate this rookie class. I hate this rookie class too, I hate, honestly. This entire rookie class. But I'm going to have to agree with Drew, Mac Jones. Uh, I'll stake a third one in that with Mac Jones. But it's not because he's been so good. It's because the other ones have been really bad. I, I, Trevor Lawrence actually did have, have a good game yesterday, though. Trevor his, Lawrence has been... His, his pass rating was 125. Fantastic rating. I it, hate everything about yesterday. I love everything about yesterday. It was a good day. The only the only thing about yesterday I didn't like was the Packers was the Packers winning, and actually, which leads us into our next question: uh, Do you walk away more impressed with the Bengals, uh, or not after watching the game? I think that game, when it really comes down to it, is a win for the Bengals because it's showing that they're able to compete with a good team. Yeah. So the fact that you, as the Packers, are winning by a field goal against a team that you should be blowing out of the water like 45 to 14 is just terrible for the Packers. And I think... It's a bad look for the Packers, for sure. The Bengals should walk away with a lot of confidence after that game. Well, I agree with you in most ways, but we have also seen that, like, it's a recurring thing from last year. The Bengals know how to make a joke out of themselves sometimes. I mean, 
Just at the, just in overtime, like when um their kicker Evan McPherson was trying to kick that field goal like a forty nine yarder, I believe, and he that was missed, so ridiculously unconscious. And it hit the flag, like of the top of the field goal post on the outside of it, and he started celebrating that it went in, even though it missed. You know what? You know what? Like, you know what? That, that's like one of the most enjoyable moments sometimes when you think of the Bengals. You kind of think of them like. They're big cats. You just think of them. Yeah. They're, like, they're, like they're a joke. Like it's like that with them. It's a whole cat fight, and like it, it, it like it, it's just like you want to watch sometimes. Not because they're good, because they're funny to watch. And uh, they just impro- they just proved it. I kind of want to see the Bengals that play against the Lions again. Not because of how good of a game it is, just to see the cat fight. I didn't tell you. I'd take my claim with Derek. Actually, I think that the Bengals would walk away with a lot of confidence after this game, especially because. They were able to have a decent offense. The offense was working. The Jamar Chase was catching some big catches. T. Higgins though needs to improve on clutch catches for sure. Although he had that two point conversion. I think we're. I think you guys missed a key point here. Uh, do not get me wrong. I think the Bengals definitely did walk away with a win here. The yeah. kicker didn't. <laughs> That's what I'm trying <laughs> to say. The, the Bengals walked away with the win. Their kicker, Evan McPherson, just did not. The kicker's the only one that took an L. Uh, all kickers took an L. <laughs> yes. Yo, I, I just wanted to see Mason Crosby walk away in defeat. He, uh, I, he, he made one of four field goals in, the le- in ten minutes. I could have made more field goals. And he missed an extra point to boot in early in that game. Sounds like Drew. It does sound like Drew, actually, honestly. Okay, Dylan, I would love to see you make some field goals. You can go down to the field right now. Yo, watch, watch I, uh, Beef Time kick some field goals. Yeah, do you want to try to kick I a 49 I got athletic yard? ability. You see these solid tree trucks? Yeah, I want to see you kick a 49-yard field goal. I don't think it's that one. <laughs> what you got over there? Tree Bigger ones than you. <laughs> <laughs> <The muscle. laughs> hey, yo. I got tree trunks. It's okay, Dylan. I'm going to I think, All right. I think that's just like that's just like going a little bit too far. You're just pushing it on. You know what? It's good in retaliation for all. Drew, you got twigs over there. Yeah, Drew, you got. Look, I at least I admit that. I admit it. I, I admit I'm not even close to where Derek has, but at least I I know good enough not to challenge it. Yeah, just like the Chiefs are better than the Bills. Okay. Yep. They just lost. A Chiefs fan in denial. <laughs> This is a Chiefs fan in denial right here. He's dressed up in his gear, too. You got the red and the... I see an American flag. You got the white there. Fuck you. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, what is the future for Big Blue after their, la- after their lackluster showing against the Cowboys? <laughs> what do you got, Drew? The Chiefs uh, has me in such disarray. Oh, Big Blue is so fun to watch. You know, I made a bet with like some of my friends last year, okay. like like a few weeks ago, saying Bro, I heard that in the hallway talking to his friends, it was funny. I was saying, I said to him, "Don't root for." As we were talking about themes in English honors, and I was saying, "Here's my theme: Don't root for the Giants because Saquon will get hurt a few weeks in." Oh, now do you see his ankle? Oh yeah. And guess what has happened? He's out for a few weeks, right? Yeah, no, two to four weeks. Like, two to four weeks. Like yeah, that's a shame. Like yep. the biggest, like fucking, like bruise on his ankle. And then Daniel Jones got a, a concussion. Yeah, he got to get carted off. Daniel Jones is a part of the problem. And then Kent Galladay is out. How can you say he's part of the problem if he's eleventh in QBR? 
Yes, but he's not. He's not bringing in the chemistry with Kenny Galladay. The one big addition that's, that's they need to bring best in. Best receiver out there. His he best receiver. No he's not using him. Because if they build, if Kenny Galladay and Daniel Jones become a problem, that takes attention off Saquon when teams are game playing. Hundred percent. So that 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 can like Saquon make some big plays where it's needed. So you know, the Giants' like, offense has improved a lot though. I from what I've seen. Yeah, that's because like Kenny Galladay is a good enough receiver to get, make some difference even without. With this QB. Well, you yes, know, John Shepard's been good also, but he's just been like he just got injured a little. You know, the Giants had a genius idea by bringing Galladay in actually because this is what the Bills did when they got Stefan Diggs. But when they got Stefan Diggs, they, it brought some attention off our run game, and then we got one big receiver who could catch the big boss. Uh, sorry. Oh, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> you watch what you say very closely. Oh my god. <laughs> Big balls, huh? Just love they obviously didn't ca- catch yours, Drew. <laughs> Why is that your recurring statement? You said yours are small. Yo. <laughs> you said that admittedly. Yo. <laughs> yeah, so you shouldn't be talking about mine when you said yours are just small as small. <laughs> this is bullshit. Beef talk just turned into ball talk. It's a ball talk. <laughs> <laughs> no little ball. Yo, Drew. Oh, wait. You know what I was huh? thinking? We should start a basketball fantasy league, guys. That's a discussion. 100%. 100%. Uh, yeah, I get dusty on that, too. We should go to the Chiefs. So, Drew, what are your thoughts on Trey Lawrence's first start? It wasn't good. To be very kind about it. I mean... The fact that they only got 10 points not, is not very impressive, let's just say. I mean, it shows how good the Cardinals' defense has been, but it shows how bad Trey Lance has been so far with the 49ers. I mean, he really needs to work with his offense to really improve the chemistry because based on what we just saw, it was extremely poor as a showing. He really has to work with the 49ers, or else this will, this experiment will not work out. Seeing the fact how good Mac Jones has done with the Patriots, it'll look like a complete and utter disaster if Trey Lance does not work out. No, he had 89 yards for 16 carries for 89 yards, and his longest run was 15 yards. For who? And Trey Lance. Yeah. Well, yeah, here's the thing. Trey Lance was always going to be a Project QB. Right, that that was their thought in taking him because he had that running ability that Mac Jones doesn't. And at uh, North Dakota State, he only passed for one interception. And granted, that was due to a few drops, too. But overall, Trey Lance we knew was going to be raw. So I th- I think it's way too early to say that he's going to be bad. He's going to be good. He's going to be otherwise. So I, I I think that you need to give him a few starts. It was his first start. Everyone has a bad first start for the most part. You see, that's the problem. People are are way too impatient with their quarterbacks. He's coming out of an FCS school. He goes right into the NFL. I feel like that's like what's happening in the league now. You have to kind of be impatient with the quarterback. Why? Because... This well, is, how, how does that help your team? Because you need a quarterback who just come in and make your team better automatically. People are, but what percentage of quarterbacks do that? A, a not many. That's, that's why it's hard for people to find a good QB. Because it's not even like it's the team itself. It's pressure from the fan base. Like It's not like you can keep your QB off social media. So if you come in and you're playing bad, you're going to see people trashing on social media. That's going to ruin your confidence, and then you're going to play bad. Well, time out. I'm going to give you two examples of why that's not true. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes just doesn't play bad. Mahomes, no, no, listen, listen. 
But he sat out for an entire year before playing. And that really probably helped get, get him from that Texas Tech level to so the, an NFL so level. No, so look, when he first started playing, he played good. I exactly. Mean, he had all the practice necessary. Okay, so if you and, and Josh Allen was, too, was mediocre, actually, for two years. as a better example. Like but for, yo, he, he destroyed your Chiefs defense last night. Dustin, you know, but Josh Allen was not that good until he had Stefan Diggs. Oh, so you're saying it's the receiver and Josh Allen's a bad QB. Not Stephon Diggs to the Chiefs 2022. Not what I said. But I'm saying it, it helps boost his morale, though, probably. It, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Again, there's receiver to play with. I'm saying that. So basically, what. Oh, my keys fell out of my pocket. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that if you don't. If you have a. If, say you have a good QB when you get there and you can sit on the bench, you can learn, you can practice all that. When you start, you're probably going to start off good. But if you're in your rookie season and they're just throwing you into the deep end, you're, you're going to play bad and you're going to hear about it from the fans. Like T Law and Zach Wilson. It's going to crush your confidence. And the team already isn't that good. Because Kittle is just not doing. But here's the thing, though. But the four, you're not gonna experience shell shock though on the on the 49ers the way you would on the Jets or the Jaguars, for example. No, the Jets. Are because at, at least the 49ers have a line of some sort, right? And they got the defense. Line. That's a great situation to be in, though, because Kyle Shanahan is a great coach. Well, here's the problem with, with for Lance. Kittle just got put on the IR. He's gonna be out for like a few. Weeks. Yeah, that's that's true. Be yeah. so is Debo. Yeah, but still, that's one person. What if they lock him up? That's true. You're not wrong. I mean, like, there's a, there's really look what the Bills did with Tyree Kill yesterday. On the 49ers either. So. No, no, but the point is he at least has time to make the throw. I mean, but you can have all the time you want. If your receivers are getting locked up, there's no throw to make. Here's the thing. The 49ers are a defense-oriented team. So they're obviously going to have to invest in that offensive end a bit more in this coming years. But I feel like if the 49ers get a good passing game, they already have good running backs and a great That's overall. fair. Yeah. So if they get a good pass, they also need to stay healthy. They always have a bad habit of staying very unhealthy. Right. If they can just get a good passing game going, great. Because Kittle's already a big part of that passing game. But get some good wide receivers, and they're going to be a big threat. Are you talking to about trades or free agent signings or even draft? Either just get good receivers out there. You know what? Send the entire 49ers all line to the Chiefs. It's so funny how you, uh, how you film. What a salty cheese right here tonight. Like, Jesus. Shut up. <laughs> no, don't do that. Uh, so you guys salty. Be acting like this right now. Oh, I would be, but oh. guess what didn't happen? The Bills didn't lose. <laughs> Shut up. Well, speaking of our next topic, actually, I got a salty Bama fan next to me. Uh, yeah, oh, dude. my roll tide. Does Alabama make the playoffs after its first season loss? Okay, look. Uh, this In is, two years, actually. Look, but th- this doesn't exactly upset me because... This was kind of an expected result. It was going to happen. Not against Texas A&M per se, but it was, this type of situation was likely to happen this year because what we could see throughout all the other all the teams that you would normally think were going to be really, really good, other than Georgia, all the teams have flaws. Like not, None of those teams are like last year, like, like Alabama last year, how they were so perfect. Like They didn't make mistakes. This year, it's just so different. Like, it's just not the same. Every team has flaws. It's it's just like how it's not the same Clemson, not the same Ohio State, not the same Oklahoma. Like, there's so many differences in all these schools. That's it. You're being nice saying it's not the same Clemson. Oh, yeah. You got the point what I'm trying to say to The phone. The phone. The phone is ringing. The phone. (laughs) 
<laughs> here's my, my problem with this phone is that it always like it makes you sound like you're in a haunted house. No. It just pops up out of nowhere. You don't see it where get it is. Get the phone, Drew. The phone's upstairs. The phone is ringing, Drew. Go get the phone. Screw that. I think this has been a so, very active beef talk already. How many questions do we have? Uh, already. How many do we have left? Well, there's four left. We've done this. Are the ninth question? Let's forget all that. Let's talk about the Chiefs. And why they're the best team in the league. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and then above, uh, below 500 team is the best team in the league, sure. You know what? Below 500, they're going to win the Super Bowl. I don't care. But Drew, anyway, do you think that Alabama's going to make the playoffs or no? Yes, but I don't, I don't think that they'll win. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that they'll win this year. I think they probably have the most legit the offense, though, in the league. I think Georgia will win. Like, the Georgia defense Yo, I, is smothering. I, teams in Georgia have a bad history of choking at the last second. That is true. I, I remember that because of Alabama playing Georgia in the game you went to. Oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. So, in comparison to Drew, I think that Alabama will make the playoffs. That's what I was saying. I said they will. I said in comparison to him. I said that they'll make the playoffs. Agreed. We're on the same page. Yeah, I just don't think they win. But I think that they will win, on the other hand. Because Georgia's, de- uh, Georgia's offense is not ready yet. The defense is there, but the offense is not. The offense. It's really, it, then it really comes down to a defense versus offense. It's like, it's really, it's like, it's the best defense, the be- the, a good defense, the best defense is a good offense. Well, the, uh, yeah. the other thing that's going to come down at the, at the end of the season is going to be injuries, right? Whoever's going to be the healthier team obviously has the advantage. Um, so anyway, so Drew, and I'll ask Derek this one first. Uh, do you think Ben Simmons will play for the 76ers this year? Absolutely not. I feel like it comes down more to not the fact that the 76ers don't want him. Because I feel like if it really comes down to him, they're going to play him. But I feel like it's more of his attitude towards playing for the team. Because if you see, he doesn't seem like he wants to be there. He doesn't he, seem like he wants to He actually to play. packed his house in Philly to get out. So yeah. I feel like if he's forced to play, if he has to play, he's going to do what James Harden was doing and try to tank his, just play bad, just start tanking. He's gonna force the. He's gonna force their hand. Force them to let him go. Well, you know, per game he misses, he loses two hundred seventy thousand dollars, and the seventy sixers already denied his eight point two million dollar fee. That he was in the get. He he would have gotten that incentive if he showed up for camp, but he didn't. Obviously, uh, so Drew, what do you got in this? I don't think he'll play. I think we'll try to hold out. Like how um Nick Watson Watson was planning to do before all these allegations, but yeah, so he's he, I think he's gonna try to hold out until they or do it like Harden did, but like but I don't see him playing for some others because look how much he's already angered the fan base. Literally, their news agency in Philadelphia cut a, to a scene of a dumpster go. They were saying go the dumpster flowing down like a flooding river. Crashing into a bridge and then keep on flowing down. They said, uh, it, "There's like a meme about uh, Simmons leaving Philly in a hurry." I mean, there's no coming back from that. I mean, they hate him so much already. You think they'll just welcome him back? Well, he yeah. hates them too. It's not even just a question of that. There's two steps involved. He, he needs to come back to them, and they need to accept him. Yeah, I mean, he's already said that he doesn't. He doesn't want to play with Joel Embiid. I mean, like, you think... It creates a big rift in the clubhouse. I mean, he's going to be... He would have to play with him. And you're thinking, like, screw that. Like, I'm not passing it, it to him. It comes down to Simmons' attitude and his ego. 
I mean, right now, I think his ego is too big. But from what I've heard, though, on some articles, his agent, Rich Paul, is actually discussing with the 76ers in a surprising development to come back. So that may show some willingness from Simmons. That might show some willingness from Simmons that he might want to come back. I mean, I guess Tyrese Maxey is their backup point guard from that. Maxie's not a bad. Maxie's good, actually. I I like him, but I think he's, I think he's best used as a six man though. That's what I'm saying. So I feel like that's why the Sixers are stressed because if they don't figure out what to do with Simmons soon, trade him or something, they don't have anyone to replace him. Well, the problem is they also have an unreasonable asking price for him. So they have recently discussed trading him to the Pacers, but the Pacers are not willing to give up four first round picks. The longer the situation drags out the worse the trade is going to be if they decide to trade him. Well, yeah, that's what happened to Harden. It, it got worse, right? But Harden ended up on the Nets. He won. <laughs> yeah, but the Rockets didn't necessarily win. He didn't care about the Rockets. The Nets won. <laughs> but I feel like <laughs> nobody wants Simmons because other organizations are seeing this attitude and they're thinking to themselves, what if this was our team? They don't want a guy like that on the team. That's it's gonna- toxic to the clubhouse. Exactly. And not only that, but... I mean, Ben Simmons is just not a shooter. He's I mean, it's the especially weir- in the league today, you need to be a shooter or no one wants. Yeah. Especially in a league where they, you're five and four need to shoot. If your point guard isn't able to shoot, what does that say about your team? Well, the thing is, he he brings a plus uh, overall game to the team. Like he generally has a best plus minus on his team. Like when even during the playoffs when he played bad, he was still good. None he was still a positive on the floor. Can't shoot because if there's other guys doing what you can do. And being able to shoot... It's his Achilles heel. People are going to have to... You're going to have to step up and start being able to shoot. Because Ben Simmons has amazing defense, amazing passing, but he has to, he has to be able to shoot. Well, here's the thing. So, he, Ben Simmons said that Joel Embiid actually took away parts of his offense at the game. So, I'd be, I'd be willing to see what his full game looks like. Because he said that it takes away his best abilities on offense. And I'm not sure what that really means. It means that he's trying to go to a team where he's like... The number one guy. He wants to be the franchise player, basically. But here's the problem with that. That's very ego-oriented. Yeah, he won't be able to shoot. We already know that. He's he's trying to be like a Russell Westbrook type of guy. But we all know he's not. He's simply just not. Like, he's not that type of player who can just lead a team. He's not. I'm telling you guys, though, if Ben Simmons learned how to shoot, he'd probably be a top five player in the league. If he learned how to shoot. But he can't. Because yeah. I feel like you can compare him to, like, small forwards even. But, like, every small forward that's good at defense and a good floor general can shoot. But here's the thing. Simmons can defend the 1 through 5, and he can probably play the 1 through 4. I, I don't think he can play center. But about, You can say the same about someone like Kawhi. Because Kawhi can do all that. But he can Agreed, yeah. Shoot, but he can also shoot, which is what makes... Kawhi's also a bit beefier. I mean, so if Ben Simmons develops a jump shot, which he's, he's making no effort to do. I don't even think he's trying. That's what I'm saying. No yeah. effort at all put into developing a jump shot. So it's not even about his skill set at this point. It's about his mindset and how he's going to affect the team's chemistry if they pick him up. Yeah, to- totally. I 100% agree with you. Uh, this is your opinion here. Will Kyrie Irving become a distraction to the Nets? I feel like Kyrie does that on a lot of teams. I feel like that's what he did on the Celtics, too. Uh, Kyrie's one of my favorite players, but like I feel like he is going to become a distraction because if you, I, I don't know if you heard about how he's not even going to be playing a lot of home games. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's where we're going to discuss that. Not playing any home games at all. So, yeah, like, well, a he loses half of his entire salary. Let's just get that started. It doesn't matter. More than half. More than half. 
So the fact that he's already doing something like that shows that like it doesn't show much commitment to the team. Hundred percent. So it, it sounds like he's more focused. And I feel like it's gonna affect, it's gonna yeah, self-interest. The way the team plays, like it's gonna affect chemistry and how like the team all plays on the court. If you have a player that's being put into and pulled out of your lineup. Like at random moments. I mean, I don't think he'd have a Ben Simmons effect in terms of ruining the clubhouse, but yeah, I think it's not, it's not I think it would ego. still create a rift, though. It's not ego. It's just like he's just a distraction. It's, I think it's still going to create a rift, though. Like you yeah. know, you know. Remember because, when Kawhi yeah. sat out healthy games last year? No the, the the Clippers players resented him for that. It's not. I don't think the people are going to resent him. It's like there's no set lineup, and if you have no set lineup, you have like. It, it confuses your it confuses team. The, the, the team. There's no, like, commonality you could, you to your alliance. Yeah, that's true. Say there's some positives to that and that it makes it hard for other teams to game plan, but it also makes it hard for you to game plan. So it's like a double-edged sword in that case. Well, yeah, you, you don't necessarily even know what works for you. Exactly. Agreed. Bro. The phone. The phone is ringing. Hey. The phone. <laughs> The phone, the phone is ringing. (laughs) We can't get the phone from there. It's it's upstairs. You're I'm too lazy. Okay, but okay. So I just got these new pajama pants. So anyway, anyway, Uh, uh, then let me get my talk about Kyrie. Uh, I have a lot of things to say about it. Oh my goodness. Okay, so Kyrie is an asshole. You're an asshole. Admittedly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he actually told me that. Yeah. Uh, so he's an asshole. He's a distraction. And as much as he improves, and that's when he plays, like, this is the exact same thing we saw last year. Distracting. Like, how he was saying that he, that, like, how he's t- going off for personal reasons, then ended up going to a party while he was out and had to miss even more games because of COVID invited? regulations. You, like, are you mad you weren't invited to the party? Ugh, I couldn't care less. I don't like parties. But I like, it's it's just the fact that like he is not helping the team at all. He shows no commitment to this team. Like, even Andrew Wiggins on the Warriors, who didn't want to get vaccinated at all, he bit the bullet. He did it. Because he wanted to help the Warriors play. Agreed, yeah. And what we're seeing out of Kyrie is just like he shows no commitment to helping the Nets win a title. Like, well, the it problem- hurts the Nets' chances, it hurts the fan base, and honestly, if he continues to do this, he, he'll either get, tra- he'll get traded, which he said he'll retire if he does. No one, no one wants to trade for him. Yeah, but no one wants to trade for him. Or, like, they'll try to maybe try to cut him, but, like, it's ridiculous. You can't just do that to a team who's signing you for millions of dollars, and you're just saying, oh, I don't want to do it because I don't want, don't want to get vaccinated. It's just not fair. Like, he's not even, if he doesn't get vaccinated, he's not going to be playing in over half of the next season. He is losing $380,000 per game he misses. That is a ton of money. That's over half his salary for the year. It's ridiculous. He's got to do something about it. Well, just to add on to what Drew and Derek have said, I think that there's no continuity to his play, though, when he misses half his games, right? So he can, when he can't practice and he can't play every day, then it's going to affect his game. He's, probably, he's not going to have the same amount of points. He's not going to have the same amount of assists. And he's not going to have the same amount of knowledge of what the lineups are going to be. They're, they're going to have to have play every single day in order for the Nets to really understand like, how to get a good offense and how to regulate their defense. 
So it's really disappointing to me that Kyrie's being immature right now and not getting the, the vaccine. And when the Nets really have a title year here. I'm not sure how that's going to affect the playoffs. Uh, even like if the Nets have home games, if they get there, by the way. But it... They're going to they're get there. They'll, they'll get there, but... That's Kyrie is still a good team. Th- but the problem is, let's say KD gets hurt or James Harden gets hurt on one of their home games. The, uh, you know that means that you only that means depth. you have one star. You have some depth. They they have okay depth. That means you have one star though, and your other star is a healthy out. That's a problem. That's a, that's a, that's a problem, and it, it might preserve them actually on, on the flip side for the playoffs. But overall, it's it's distasteful, honestly. Um, no, this is a hot take, Drew. Will the Dodgers or the Giants advance? I, hey, who won the game last night? It now one to one. So the Do- the Dodgers won last night. No, they they won the night before. Then they didn't. They no, they're playing today. They're playing today. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that the Giants will advance. Um, like the Giants, I just think are the more superior team when it comes to them playing. They just showed, for some strange reason, a will to not give in to the Dodgers. Like they just can, the Dodgers could not find a way to beat them at all. For some strange reason, they just would not give up. It, it's just so weird. I've never seen anything like it. They, they just won't give it up. Well, I'd I'd actually disagree here with Drew. Even though the Giants have won the season series with the Dodgers, the I guess. Say that what happens here to me similar to what what the Bucks did with the Saints, when the Saints beat the Bucks the first few times in the regular season, everyone thought, well, just common sense, they beat the Bucks in the third the third time in the playoffs, but that didn't happen, and I think the Dodgers will come out and they just won the World Series last year. This I I think that when you have a more experienced line, it's going to help, and they've got so much more depth than the Giants do overall pitching. And hitting wise, Kershaw is out for the year. He's not playing. That's not the depth I'm talking about. I'm, I'm. They've got, they've got several aces on the team besides Kershaw. I mean, they have. They got the two leaders in inside young right sh- now. They, they, they got Scherzer and Bueller. And they have. And Urias. then Urias is also really good. I look. I'm not denying that the Dodgers have an amazing line. One, two, three punch, and then their top five hitters are all on the All Star team. I, so I look, that that can't be taken out of context. I, I I'm aware. But you can't say that the Giants aren't a very good team as well. There's a reason why they have 107 wins on the year. Agreed, but that, the question was whether they beat the Dodgers. And, and I think they Agreed, will. they're both great teams. But to me, the more experienced Dodgers lineup will win. They've, they've just got a whole lot more swagger to me than the Giants do. I think that them beating the Giants and winning back home field advantage is also going to help. Uh, how did the Yankees move forward after another forgettable season? Uh. I saw this one coming. <laughs> I can start here with Drew. Oh, I have so many things to say. Oh, where do we start? Do we start with Boone, or do we start with Hal, or do we start with Cashman? We can start with any of them. <laughs> I'll start with one and lead him to the others. Yeah, I, I'm just going to start off with Hal. Oh, fucking cool. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, he makes... One bad decision after another. It's just like ugh, piss poor decision making. I mean, first of them, why is Boone still in consideration to be rehired? Why? Cheapness, that's is, why. Yes, he's a cheap, but 
have the Yankees done good consistently under him? No. Have they gotten better under him? No. As a matter of fact, they've actually gotten worse. You got we've seen players like Sanchez and Torres when they came into the Yankees, they have regressed under Boone. Only regressed. We got lucky with people like Urshela because he had really good defense coming in. And we have great hitting coaches that helped him. But what we saw is that Boone is not inspiring this team. He's not. And he's made so many bad pitching decisions that it's ridiculous. Well, just as, as a counter to what you said, Drew, do the Yankees have to reevaluate in, ter- in, in terms of getting a trade or a free agent? I think in a bit of both. I think what they should definitely do is try to sign like one of these star shortstops that are on the market. You like Correa? Yeah, I definitely do like Correa. Like, but like for like trade wise, I would not be against them trying to trade for someone like Matt Olson. He's like a a lefty first baseman, Gold Glover from the A's. But you have to be giving up Voight, though. Yes, that is the plan. Because Rizzo's a free agent. Then you got um a Voight who who's like like has been like un like not like un irrelevant whenever a Rezo's been playing so he can't even really play that much. Well, hold on, just just to take a step back for a second. If you get uh Olsen, for example, what happens to Rizzo? Do you just say adios? If we get Olsen, because then yes. that clause has two spots, or do we keep Rizzo for the DH? It, you know, that becomes a question, right? We could. Um, but then you got also... Um, you also got, like, sort of, like, a, like a Aaron Hicks still on the roster. I can't believe I didn't say anything. Uh, Hicks is not an, an asset at this point. I know, but Stanton we... Stanton is needed in the outfield now. Yeah, but, like... From we, what we've seen. Yeah, but we also have Gallo now conflicting. And they're both so bad. I mean... Well, Gallo, when he's hot, is good. But when he's, he's more hot... Off- He's more often bad. Yeah, he's more often cold. He, he he's like Antarctica. I mean, honestly, I'm right. not. Tr- Antarctica's nice. How about Neptune? <laughs> Get the point. But like, even if we had like uh like Hicks starting over Gallo, I wouldn't even be that disappointed. I mean, even though I don't like either of them, at least Hicks is a, a switch hitter, who is not that bad defensively either. But like. At least he's not striking out every few seconds. He makes contact. Gallo just swings for the fences every single time and swing and strikes out most of the time. He has the largest strikeouts like numbers in the league by a lot. Well, uh, hold on. He also has some some of the highest walk rates in the league, and he also probably leads probably top five in home runs. Just just to keep take sorry yes, to take that into account. That's the only times he actually gets on base though. Other than the walks, I mean, the only time that's he, true. Only the only times he actually makes contact is when there's a home run. But other than that, he can't hit for shit. Well, my take actually is kind of similar to Drew's here, and I I think that the problem really starts in management, right? So Boone is a problem because Cashman is a problem because Hal is a problem. So it starts with Hal. Hal being the owner is is cheap, and he doesn't want to spend to get assets. So when you're the Yankees and you're probably the by probably t- two times the amount, the most valuable team in all sports, right? Yes. Yeah, that sounds right. And you don't get players, then it becomes a problem because then you can't have a good farm system when you trade off those players, and you don't have a reliable depth. So that's just the first problem. So 
We don't get anyone at, that's like worth a penny at the trade deadlines. We get Rizzo and Gallo, who are okay. They're decent. They don't really do anything for me. Uh, what we really needed was pitching. Which, even if it wasn't amazing pitchers, I mean, the Dodgers at least went out there and got Max Scherzer, and they got Trey Turner, and, and that was way more than we could have done because we didn't have the assets for that, or at least assets that we were willing to trade away. Um, but on the other hand, I think that Boone is a big problem because he's not effectively communicating in the clubhouse. So when you don't have a coach that's willing to take your team to the next level and that's just okay with being the status quo, it really hurts overall your, your organizational view. And you're not going to attract as many free agents. Uh, that's just my reality of it. Um, it's been a great episode of Beef Talk. And I, I really want to see you guys here next week. See ya. Fuck the Bills. Fuck the Chiefs. No.